Good morning, church. It is so good to spend some time with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to participate with us, to be part of our online worship service. I know that you are as anxious to get back and be together as I am, but I appreciate so very much. And I know that our shepherds appreciate your patience because your patience means love love for each other and love for our community, love for our neighbors. So thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience. And thank you this morning for your participation. If you are a guest with us, thank you so much for being a part of our worship assembly this morning. If there's anything that we can do for you, whether you're a member or you're a guest, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Let us know who you are. Let us know what your needs are. Let us know how we can pray for you. We are in this together and we hope that you know that about us. I want to tell you something a little bit about myself. I am a planner. I love to have things planned out. I love to plan everything in advance. On a typical week, when everything is going like it usually is, at the beginning of the week, I I usually know where I'm going to eat lunch and with whom I'm going to eat lunch all week long. I know all of my lunch appointments before the week even begins. As it is right now, I pretty much know what I'm going to preach for the next seven months. I like to have all of my sermons planned out several months in advance. Believe it or not, I have speaking engagements lined up for the next eight years. I love having a plan. I love knowing what's going to happen and when things are going to happen. I love for things to be lined up long before they get there. My whole family is that way. We like to have things planned out. But over the last seven weeks, nothing, nothing has gone according to plan. Nothing has worked out like it was planned. Things that we had planned months, if not years in advance, suddenly got postponed and canceled. And just one thing after the other didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. And chances are, all of you have experienced that same kind of thing. Not only lunches that have fallen through, but birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and showers and important things, graduations and and classes and so many things that you had plans for weeks and months and years and those things suddenly got postponed and got canceled. And even now, right now, as we look to the future and we look at tomorrow or we look at next week or we look at next month and we look down the road, it's really hard to know what's coming next. When are things going to get back to any semblance of normalcy? When are things going to be like they were before? How how can we make plans when we don't know what's coming next? And so we've taken to using this term a lot. I've heard this term over and over again, and I'm sure I've said this term, uncertain times. And we've said these are uncertain times. Everything that we had planned has fallen through or been postponed, and everything that we would like to plan, we're not sure how to plan it because we don't know what's coming next. And so we keep saying these are uncertain times. But I want to push back on that term just a little bit. Because that term almost implies that if there are uncertain times, then it implies that there is such a thing as certain times. And let me ask you, when were times ever certain? When did we ever know 
what was coming next? When did we ever know this plan is going to come to fruition? This is the way everything is going to, to come together. This is the way all the pieces are going to fall. This is what's coming next. We just thought things were certain. We just thought that the things that we planned were going to happen because a lot of times they did. And a lot of times we, we had things scheduled and it ended up, that's what happened. But think on this for, for just a second. Normalcy, normalcy lulled us into a false sense of certainty. Just kind of pause and think about that for just a second. Isn't that true? Normalcy, things that just sort of went the same way day after day after day after day, it just kind of lulled us into a sense a false sense of certainty. And we just assumed yesterday, this is the way things happened. I, I made plans for lunch, and, and then the next day I went out to lunch. That I made plans to do this, and, and then that happened. And so that normalcy, that things going according to plan, it just sort of lulled us into this false sense of certainty where we thought because things usually work out in this way, in such and such a way, then things are certain and sure to work out in such and such a way. But the truth is, things were never certain. Things were never sure. Things were never guaranteed. Just because we made plans didn't ever mean that they were certainly going to come to pass. And so moments like this, moments like this in our history, moments like this in our life, are sort of wake-up calls and they're reminders, and, and what has always been true is now abundantly clear, abundantly obvious that we have always lived in uncertain times, and we never knew what was coming next. We never knew what tomorrow would hold. We simply thought we did. We simply thought we knew what tomorrow would hold. We simply thought we knew what next week or next month or next year would hold, but we never really knew. It was always up to the Lord what came next. And, and we just had this false sense of certainty. And so I hope, I hope we never go back to having a false sense of certainty. I hope that we embrace as part of our new normal, the idea that we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So how do you live your life when you don't know what tomorrow holds? What do you do today when you don't know what tomorrow will bring? I'm glad you asked. That's exactly what our text this morning is gonna tell us about. Look at James chapter four and verse 13. James chapter four and verse 13, James, the brother of Jesus, writes this, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a city and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Look, look at what James says. James says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. 
You don't know what tomorrow will bring. And all of us now living in the life we're living now, we say, well, duh, right? Duh, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what the news is going to announce today or tomorrow or next week or next month. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But, but here's the thing. Just because it's obvious now doesn't mean it wasn't true a year ago. Just because it's now abundantly clear to all of us that we don't know what tomorrow will bring, we never knew what tomorrow would bring. Just because we didn't realize it then doesn't mean that it wasn't true then. We just had this assurance about ourselves that we knew what the next day was going to bring. We just knew that our plans were going to come to fruition. And, and James is talking about that sort of attitude. The sort of attitude that says, oh yeah, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to go to this town over here and I'm going to spend a year and I'm going to trade and make a profit. And he says, what makes you so sure? In fact, the question that he asks is what is your life? The reason, the, the primary application for why we know that the certainty of the future is unknown, that we don't know what tomorrow holds, is because our life is so fragile. The fragility of our life is the reason we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next year holds. You think, I'm going to go to this city and I'm going to do this for a year. But yet, your life is just a mist that appears for a short while and then it's gone. Some translations say, your life is like the morning fog. And then when the sunlight breaks and maybe a, a breeze blows through, the fog is gone. Your life is so incredibly fragile. And because of the fragility of life, we have to embrace the uncertainty of the future. But we've found out through all of this, haven't we, that life your mortal life and my mortal life isn't the only thing that's fragile. Economies are fragile. Supply chains, things like toilet paper, supply chains are fragile. Whole communities and cultures and societies and nations are fragile. They don't seem fragile. They seem like a giant clock with gears that will always be turning. And, and all of this is always just going to keep working the way that it always has. Rome felt like something solid, like something concrete, like something that could not be moved. Babylon felt like something solid, something concrete, something that could not be moved. All of these empires of the past, they felt like something solid. You thought, this is the way it's always going to be. Rome's not going to be moved. Babylon's not going to be moved. Persia's not going to be moved. Yet, in the grand scheme of things, even these mighty empires were just a mist that appeared for a short time. And then they were gone. And so James says, be careful. Be careful about your planning. Be careful about your certainty. Be careful about your assurance that you know what tomorrow holds because you don't. You don't. And this moment right now in our life and our history is a gift to wake us up and to remind us while we're still living, you don't know what tomorrow holds. Your life 
your life and everything in it, your society and your culture and your economy and your home and your stuff and all of it is just a mist that appears for a short while and then it's gone. And so you need to be careful about your certainty. So may we never forget this truth. May we never forget you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Then he says in verse 15, instead, instead, instead of what? Instead of saying what, what you said before, that, that I'm going to go and do this or that, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Do you, do you see what he says? He says, here's what you typically say. Here's what people tend to say. I'm going to go do this tomorrow. And then I'm going to spend a year over here. And I'm going to do this thing. And I'm going to do that thing. He says, stop. Stop talking that way. And start talking this way. This way that says, if the Lord wills. It doesn't mean you don't make plans. People that say, if the Lord wills, still make plans. They just make plans in humility. See, because look at what he says. He says, when you don't do this, when you say tomorrow or next year, I'm going to go do this, that, or the other, and I'm going to go do this one thing or that thing, he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. And he says, all such boasting is what? Evil. Evil. I mean, he just cuts right to our heart, doesn't he? Why? Why is it evil? Evil? It's evil to say, I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to go do that, and tomorrow I'm going to do this other thing. Why is that evil? Because it's arrogant, and it's boasting. How is it arrogant and boasting to say, I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that? Because we're being presumptuous. We're presuming about something we don't know. What is your life? You're just a mist that appears for a short while, and then it's gone. He says, when you make plans without considering whether or not that may be the will of the Lord, you're, you're being arrogant. You're being boastful. It's wrong. And we got to stop talking that way. Why? Because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. So make plans. Yes, make plans about tomorrow and make plans about next year and prepare to do this or that. But do so this way. If the Lord wills, we'll live. <laughs> we'll live to do this or that. If the Lord wills, we will live. And if we live, we can do this thing or that thing. But, but we don't know. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about next year. And so it takes humility to not be presumptuous about the future, to not be presumptuous about tomorrow, humility to surrender tomorrow to the Lord. Think about that for a second. It takes humility to surrender tomorrow to the Lord. And we say, Father, Father, tomorrow belongs to you. And we will not presume to know what tomorrow holds, but we surrender it to you. We trust you with tomorrow. And if tomorrow comes, we may do this, or we may do that, but we will not presume to know 
what tomorrow will hold. Now, look at what he says in verse 17, finally. Verse 17, he says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Now, James is all about doing. This is an epistle of doing. James doesn't want you just to believe. He doesn't just want you to say you love. He doesn't just want you to say you have faith. He doesn't want you to say you you have wisdom. He wants you to prove it. Do it. But, But not tomorrow. But not tomorrow. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. In our arrogance, so many times, we say, tomorrow I'll go do this. And tomorrow I'll go do that. Next year I'll go do this thing. Or next year I'll go and do that thing. And James says, you don't know about those things. You don't know if you're going to have a tomorrow because your life is a mist that appears for a short while and then it's gone. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. And and if you keep putting off the right thing to do, if you keep not doing the right thing because you keep saying, I'll do it tomorrow, then for you it is a, what does he say? It's a sin to know the right thing to do and not do it. And in context, I don't just think he's talking about sins of omission. That's typically what we say about this verse. That's a sin of omission. That means not doing the right thing that you're supposed to do. It's not just someone who says, I'm not going to do that good thing. It's somebody who says, I'm going to do that good thing, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it next year. And James says, for them, it's a sin because you know the right thing you ought to be doing, but instead of doing it, you're being presumptuous and assuming you have a tomorrow in which you'll do that good thing. James says, do the good thing. Do the good thing right now because you don't know what tomorrow holds. So I have one phrase that I want us to think about this morning. And if you would, I would encourage you to write it down. Think about this phrase this week. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord. So obedience belongs to today. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord. Tomorrow, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow, who knows? Who knows about tomorrow? Who knows about next week? Who knows about next month? That belongs to the Lord. I'm going to surrender tomorrow to the Lord. So obedience belongs to today. I'm going to do the right thing today as opposed to putting it off and procrastinating and saying, I'm going to do it tomorrow, presuming I know what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord. So obedience belongs to today. One thing, one thing, church, one thing, friends, one thing. Do that one thing you've been procrastinating about, that one right thing that you've known for a while that you need to do, that you should do. Maybe for some of you, it's to be baptized. And and you've known you need to be baptized and you know you've needed to begin your walk of discipleship with Jesus and have your sins washed away. But for whatever reason, you just kept saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Well, I hope we all realize by now that we don't know about tomorrow. All we know is the present. Do the one right thing 
today. Obedience belongs to today, not to tomorrow. Maybe it's a phone call that you need to make. Maybe it's someone with whom you need to be reconciled. Maybe it's an apology that you need to issue. Maybe it's an apology you need to receive. Maybe it's a card you need to write. Maybe it's a good deed you know you ought to do. Maybe it's starting to read your Bible again. Maybe it's opening yourself up in prayer. Maybe it's confessing a sin to someone. Maybe it's working on your marriage and apologizing for something that you said and you shouldn't have said and you knew you shouldn't have said it and it's just been festering and growing today. Today. Take that step. Don't put it off to tomorrow. Don't say tomorrow I'll do that because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord, so obedience belongs to today. That's my encouragement for all of us today. Do the one right thing that we've been waiting and procrastinating about doing. Do that good thing today because obedience belongs to today. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord, so obedience belongs to today. Church, we're gonna sing one more song, and after that, our brother Matt Douglas is gonna close us in prayer from his home. Thank you for being with us this morning.